This is Kurt, and this is the MFG cast. Everybody, boys and girls, non-binaries, children of all ages, welcome to another edition of the MFG Cast. This time, we're doing an interview. We haven't done an interview in, you know what, I can't even, I don't even know when. It's been so long. It's been so long, but there's been a lot of things going on. But uh, this episode, we've got my buddy, John Haremza from the Legends of Tabletop talking about his new game Corthulhu from the core micro it's a hack of the core micro system I'm doing a lot of talking let's let John do the talking John thanks for coming on hey thanks for having me yeah. again <laughs> does yeah, this no count kidding. as an interview I mean you know yeah it's, it's basically just me and you bullshitting that's You're basically right. all it is <laughs> uh, but I will be professional about it I'll do the best that I can so you made a game Cthulhu based on Cthulhu, the mythos and stuff like that. How did you get into Cthulhu? Uh, I think I played my first Cthulhu game back when I was uh, with the Nerdbound podcast. We had a couple of forum games. We played, you know, I was invited to play in some of the, you know, off off branded, you know, kind of like B B team <laughs> games. You know, we get you know get some listeners together and and play some games. I think that was really my first exposure, like major exposure. And then um, you know, once once we started Legends, um, you know, we incorporate. We don't do it a ton, but you know, friend with friendly with a lot of designers. You know, Oscar Rios and Adam Scott Clancy and Ken Height and all those guys. So. Um, you know, they were gracious enough to, you know, come on and, and run some games, run some games for us. You know, Neil ran Cthulhu for us way back when, when the podcast first started. Um, we've got an ongoing uh, Cthulhu Invictus game with Oscar Rios now. Uh, so it's, it's kind of become sort of part of the, of, of the show now. So, yeah, as far as like, as long as I've known you, it feels like you've kind of been into this it was it something before role-playing were you into it had you read any lovecraft or any of the other things associated with cthulhu a little bit um in college i think i picked up like one or two paperbacks you know like uh dreamscapes and you know something collection of short stories uh all have to do with um dreamlands and stuff like that mm-hmm I, so, you know, growing up, I didn't read Lord of the Rings. I didn't read C.S. Lewis. I didn't read H.P. Lovecraft. I came to a lot of that stuff later, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, you know, around college and stuff. So, I mean, I guess I guess technically that was my first exposure to the to the literature, you know, as such. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I've, I've been going to Necronomicon now since uh, 2015. It's a uh, 
you know, celebration of weird literature that they have in Providence every two years. Uh, so Vince drug me out to that in 2015, which coincided, you know, kind of with the launch of Legends. And, and again, that's, you know, things really sort of ramped up from there. That's, that's one of the few when, when Necronomicon, like that year is coming around, like I schedule everything around that <laughs> other vacations, you know, family obligations, like it's, you know, it's every two years and, you know, like everybody's there. So it's just a lot of fun. That's cool. So, so not only through that, would you call it, what do you call that then? Is it a gathering? Is it an actual convention? What do you it's call a convention. It? Yep. It's a convention. Okay. Yep. So, they have a uh, gaming, they've got, you know, um, dealer's room, um, but they also do like uh, book readings. They do, um, you know, some people podcast from there. Miskatonic university podcast usually, you know, does a show every year. HP Lovecraft literary podcast. They do a show every year. There's, there's, I mean, there's just so many activities at the convention itself. They do a lot of panels, but then there's also, you know, there's like karaoke night one night, a bunch of people go out to like, there's, there's just, there's things happening like all over Providence for, yeah. you know, like four days. It's really a lot of fun. That's cool. I think that's the best, that's the best thing about conventions. You know, people always talk about the games and stuff like that. It's like, I think it's more of the experience of meeting new people and or meeting people like you, you know, we always talk to these people online and stuff like that, but it's always kind of cool to see them in person and be able to, you know, just experience life with them. That For me, that that's the whole thing. Like I do some local conventions here, uh, you know, a lot of board gaming. I do some role playing this year. I, this year during like COVID crazy shit, I was mm. just at a convention in August and I actually only did well, probably like four role playing games and like just a couple of board games. Um, but when I go to Necronomicon, it, it's, I don't ever play games just because it's, it, it takes us such a huge chunk of time. And there's so many people to visit with and have beers with and all that kind of stuff. So I actually usually don't game there <laughs> as funny as that may be. Yeah. 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 yeah it's kind of funny. Cause like, you know, talking about like pandemic and stuff like that, there's, you know, more and more people I hear online and stuff like that are like, I just can't wait to go to a convention just so I can see and talk to people. You know, it's like, it's like just an excuse to get together with people. You know, it's like when, you know, some people were younger and they're like, we need to throw a party. Why? Because we need people to talk to. And it's like, (laughs) you could just have people come over and talk to them. You don't need to have a party for it. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, so when, when COVID started, it, it didn't change a whole lot for me gaming wise, cause I really only game online now for the podcast. I mean, yeah. just have like a ton of games going on all the time. So I don't have any at home in-person gaming. So that never really changed. The only thing that, that sucked, you know, for me, you know, for the larger gaming thing is, you know, the conventions, mm-hmm. it, it sucks to not be able to go out and do that. Cause you know, it's fun to be able to do this, but if we could get together and, you know, be in meat space together and like have a beard and give you a hug or whatever. Like it's, it's, it's just a different, it's just a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. It really is. So getting back to, you know, wanting to make Corthulhu. So, you know, uh, Todd Foley, who's the creator of core and core micro or whatever, he made this fun little easy kind of pick up and play game where you could easily skin something on top of it you know you've been it feels like you've been friends with Todd for a while now like what drew you to core and the things that he does 
So we had, we we had core, we had Todd on, uh, I think it was like episode 14, maybe. Oh, wow. To to come on and talk about day trippers, which has been one of our long running campaigns. We're actually in our, our fourth season, which is on hold at the moment. We have a lot of things on pause at the moment, but we're in our, our fourth season for that. And he, you know, again, had agreed to run a game for us. And we're like, all right, cool. You know, get in, check it out, you know, do promotion, you know, help people out. He's an indie designer. Uh, and we had such a great time with that first game that we, you know, we just made it a regular thing. I was like, that was great. Did you have fun? Yeah, we had fun. This was great. Oh, we should just do it. And he's like, fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it just, it turned into a thing. And core is the, is the system that, you know, powers day trippers. Um, and, and over the, over the year, like, it's just such a, it's such an easy system. It's, it's a hybrid, you know, that uses traditional concepts, narrative techniques, you know, it's character driven, you know, it, it's emergent story and, and it's all on the same scale. Everything is, you know, you don't get, you don't roll the dice and it's either yes, you succeed or, or no, you fail. There's, you know, yes, and yes, but yet, you know, no, but no, end. so it gives you prompts to forward story. Yes. You know, you may succeed at, you know, shooting the other guy, but you know, he may get, uh, you know, a no end. So maybe he doesn't shoot you, doesn't do any damage, but puts you in a disadvantageous position. So even the, the, the dice mechanic helped to add to the narrative, to the story that, that we're collectively telling. So it's, it's, it's really cool. And Todd is just, he's a master of it. I mean, core does its thing. And then when you throw Todd on top of that, it's just like, it just blows your, blows your mind away. I mean, he's, he's amazing at running games. Yeah. That's awesome. And actually being actually having played core myself, I, I really like the flexibility of the game. I like the fact that, you know, like you tell, like you said, with the storytelling, the yes, ands and the no buts and stuff like that, like it, 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 I don't, I want to say it forces, but it gives people the opportunity. Let's just say that too. So as a GM, it's a, like say a, a yes. And like you could, roll with that you could be like okay i could give you the players the power to say what that and is but it gives me a chance to be like okay well this this is happening and something else good is happening you know or the same thing with the no but you can be like well this is not so great but this is happening but it also gives an avenue for the players to kind of work their brains too and get more involved in it where they can say okay, well, no, this didn't happen, but uh, maybe I found this card on the side of the road and it has the per- name of the person that, you know, I was looking for the whole time and it's got a phone number, you know, that kind of thing. It's, yeah. it's cool that it takes, it get, you know, it's a small thing in the, what it sets up for the roles, but it actually has lots of possibilities. Yeah, it, it really it really helps you to to drill down and focus on story. And, and that may not be everybody. You know, sometimes you just want to roll dice and, you know, slash up monsters or whatever. Like, and that's fine. And that's fun too. We, you know, when we play, you know, cause you were in our, you know, fear itself game, just tend to role play everything. Breakfast, going to, you know, going to see your parents. Like it, it's not just the, the high tension critical moments. It's like, these are real people in a real, you know, quote unquote, real people in a real world, a real universe 
living their actual lives. So like you sort of have to jump into that headspace and, you know, core is cool in that it gives you, uh, it has progressive character generation. So you can save XP at the beginning. So you don't have to spend all of your starting XP to create your character. You can hold mm-hmm. some back because, you know, as you know, you know, you have a, an idea for a character and you start to play, you play him for a couple sessions and then you're like, Oh, I don't know if that's, that's not really what I thought it was. You can, you know, then spend some of that XP to, to change that around. You know, it has a flashback system, you know, where you can be in the middle of combat and just be like, Oh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to spend that 10 XP to take, you know, whatever skill and you have a flashback scene to, you know, that critical moment where they, you know, learn that skill or had that breakthrough or read that book. And then it, you know, you, your character always just sort of had that. And then, you know, in a pressure situation, it sort of comes to the front. It also has life shapers. So it, it you know, kind of gives you the potential to create that flawed hero, which is much more viscerally stimulating. And like, oh, I'm the best at everything and I do everything. You know, my my character Jack Jack Nash in our day trippers game, he's an alcoholic. You know, he was he he wasn't booted out of the army, but he was sort of booted out of the army. Uh there's a whole you know backstory with it. But like it it's play, you know, as a life shaper, like it almost functions a little bit like the the fifth ed, you know, beliefs and ideals and all that sort of stuff. It the D and D thing sort of mirrors it a little bit and it gives you sort of a touchstone for the character to play off of. And, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be a bad thing. It could be a relationship, you know, it could be a relationship with a sibling or a parent or a spouse, uh, but it gives the GM something to pull on to, to push and pull narrative gives the player something to, to pull on and sort of bank on that. Uh, and it, it just creates a, a better you know, more well-rounded character and in a better story. And I, and I like for like the life shapers too. like, I think this is like in some other games and stuff like that, but you can use those life shapers as player character knowledge, or you can have it be something that's also secret. So it's something for that. The GM, the GM can pull, you know, from different places too, to kind of, you know, get the story moving along or taken in a different direction and stuff like that. So I like how that's there for that. Absolutely. And, and, you know, like Todd's thing is to like hit them hard, hit them fast, keep up that heavy psychic content. You know, things start to slow down. You, you know, you add pressure here, you add pressure there. And life shapers are good for that. Like, oh, you know, you have a, a good relationship with your brother who lives in the next town. Well, you haven't heard from him from four days. How do, how do you feel about that? Like, what are you, what are you going to do? What, like, what's the, you know, so it forces you to kind of do something and engage if things kind of side tracky <laughs> yeah <definitely. laughs> which is where we tend to be we just <laughs> yeah, exactly. sort of meander through the plot <laughs> well that's cool though because it gives it, it, again lots of games kind of you know it depends upon how the gms want to work things and stuff like that but the accessibility of of core really does let the gm kind of weigh how fast or how slow it wants to go or how narrative driven or you know, you can still be crunchy with this game. It's still very simplistic in its design and, and its play style. But if you want to be crunchy with it, you can find parts to make it crunchy also. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and maybe we should talk about it a little bit. So Core, and by extension, Core Thulu, um, has your, you know, traditional six stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Core, it's uh, brains, charm, grace, health, might, and psyche. 
but those numbers in your stat represent a dice pool. So if you have a three in grace, it means you're going to roll three D six to, you know, to complete a task. So say you're, you know, you're in the middle of combat and you want to shoot somebody, you roll three D six, you take the highest number. And then if you have a firearm skill, then you would add that bonus. Uh, you know, it starts at plus one, goes to plus two all the way up. So, you know, if you're, you know, for a player, you know, it's always nice to have a lot of dice to roll. So you, you get four dice, five dice, but the most you can ever roll is a six. So as things become harder or, you know, if, if the, you know, your adversary has, um, you know, a very high skill, it becomes then harder for you to, you know, compete in a sense, mm-hmm. uh, you know, quote unquote compete. Yeah. So you really want to like boost your skills to, to have greater effects. And, and that's pretty much it. I mean, it's one dice roll. You compare numbers, you know, shooting versus, you know, the other person's, you know, cover, the other person's shooting versus your cover. If you have armor, you know, that sort of stuff. It's, it's, it's a really simple, easy dice mechanic to play with. Yeah, definitely. So within this core micro that came out and you decided to make a game for your, make a game for this as a skin or whatever, so just because we've been friends for a while, but I'm not particularly sure. Is this the first game you've actually ever come out with? The first one that's completed because mm. I have a huge problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I meant completed, but you know, I think, I think when it comes to every creative, it's like, I've got a million things that I've got that are like sitting out on a computer or on your phone or on a piece of paper. And it's like, God, if I would just take five seconds to finish this damn thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and here's the thing, right? So like I have a, a you know, problem with completing something. I, we mentioned on a podcast way back when, when, yeah. when John Moffat was on, mm-hmm. you know, I'll get something to a certain point where like, I'll even get something down on paper. And then a lot of times for me, it's, it's, it's become exercised. You know, it's <laughs> like, I did the thing. Yeah, I didn't sell it or yeah, it didn't publish or whatever, but like I did it and I'm happy with it. It's fine. It's whatever, you know, cause I'm, you know, none of us are going to retire on short stories or, you know, our, you know, board game ideas or, you know, <laughs> RPG things or whatever. So like, yeah, exactly. you know, get to a certain point. It's like, cool. It's, it's done. It's out of the way for, for this, for me, I f- feel like the real reason that I got it done. Cause it wasn't, I wasn't making it for me. Mm-hmm. I was making it for Todd Yeah, in the sense that if I was able to do this and complete it and get it published, that it would hopefully bring more people into Todd's orbit to expose them to core, to expose them to the cool things that he's doing, because this is what he's doing. You know, he, he's an indie RPG designer, which well, on one hand is super cool. On the other hand is like, you also want to eat and like have healthcare, and, you know, all those basic things. So, you know, for me to do it in, you know, in my way, kind of like push people at time and be like, here, buy some stuff over here. This is really cool. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So what, how do you go by making a game based on Cthulhu that doesn't quite mirror other things that are out there right that's the hard part right (laughs) (laughs) um so you know i mean i obviously i took inspiration from a lot of that stuff yeah yeah, yeah. um you know there's you know trail of cthulhu call cthulhu cthulhu dark i mean there's uh, down darker trails which uh, i guess is more of 
I think it's a D100 based system. I actually haven't played that. It's Chris, Chris Spivey, you know, Cthulhu and Vegas, you know, so there's all these different things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, it was kind of like an amalgam of a lot of those things. Um, You know, obviously like with my own, you know, little spin on it, the thing that core Thulu brought to core specifically was the, the shock mechanic and the trauma mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, Call of Cthulhu has been not just Call of Cthulhu, but, but, but games that, you know, deal in like sanity, sanity loss, insanity, um, have, you know, kind of been taken to task a little bit, you know, for the, for the terminology, for the, the way that it's used, you know, within the game, which, you know, may be fair. Um, so I, I wanted to do something a little different with that. So instead of being like, oh, you're insane or you're temporarily insane, I went with, you know, the the shock and the trauma. So the shock would be sort of, you know, you open the door and you see the monster and, you know, roll on a random table to see, you know, flee, fight or, you know, scream or pass out or whatever. Yeah. And then the trauma to sort of represent that longer term exposure to the mythos exposure to you know man's inhumanity to man all that sort of stuff and it's you you know you could take pieces in and out so like you know there's people that deal with trauma daily and they're like fuck like that maybe sounds like a cool idea kind of like you know cthulhu but like i don't want to deal with that throw it out you know you could just use the shock table and be like oh shit scary stuff you know (laughs) run away and then you know come back to fight another day um and it you know it functions more sort of as a role-playing prompt uh and the the way that it's set up and you know everybody deals with trauma differently you know all that stuff is very personal Mm -hmm. but you know because we're setting it up to play it in a game um we put trauma on a on a on a scale or a track so it starts at unsettled and then you know moves eventually up to uh to your breaking point so it's I'm going to flip through pages. Starts at unsettled, moves to anxious, to phobias, to nightmares, to insomnia. So it gets progressively worse. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's not an accurate representation of trauma and how people deal with trauma. But, you know, because we have to gamify it a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, we, that's sort of the way that I went with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it but, makes but sense. Tried to make can... it a little bit more like friendly in a sense, quote yeah, unquote, or, or sure. you know, not as... You know, I, I don't I don't know what to, I don't know what to say about it because it's you know it's a touchy subject for everybody and you know trying to do it respectfully, um, but also because it is a Cthulhu game or a Cthulhu style game to have that element in there. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's just it's like any game you you can't unfortunately you can't foresee everything, but I think you did a really good job of even footnoting it in the game. Like okay, we're doing this for the game. And, you know, there's certain things we tried to make it as streamlined as we can as, you know, not, you know, we don't want to make it offensive to anybody that's been, that goes through these things daily. And if it's something, you know, a lot of, it feels like uh, a lot of game groups are doing these days, which is they're doing a really good job of when you get together for a game, it's like, okay, we're going to be doing this right now. Is this okay? I want to make sure everyone's on the same wavelength. And, you know, if it seems like these days, everyone's doing a really good job of checking on their players to make sure that where we're going in this direction is safe. 
I'm muted. <laughs> right. And I, and I feel like, you know, with your, with your home group, I think there's a lot more understanding of sort of where people's boundaries are and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously where that stuff becomes more apparent is when you're at a, you know, at a convention and you're playing a horror game mm-hmm. and then somebody's like, Ooh, and then, you know what? X card, move on, pass yep. it up. You know, if, it's just one of those things that, you know, you don't know what you don't know about people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you have to be respectful and, and aware of what's happening, you know, cause they may, you know, someone may be at a table with, you know, four other people and not want to be like, Oh, that bothers me. So you, ha- you know, kind of have to be aware of, you know, facial expressions and body language. Are they starting to draw into themselves? Are they, you know, becoming less vocal in, you know, what's happening at the table in the scenario like it, it, it it's tough to be a gm at a con to mm-hmm. you know because you're, you're playing with so many people that you just have no prior experience with mm-hmm. yeah exactly and like a and like you said with the x card i feel like that's a perfect example of that i think one of the things that i've done really good even it's just kind of off topic on topic but like with this podcast if i have somebody on for an interview i tell them right away and it and it's weird because it sounds like I'm telling them, hey, I'm probably going to be talking about some stuff that you don't want to talk about. So, you know, <laughs> but I always tell them, I'm like, I want this to be a safe space. If there's something that you don't like, if there's something that, you know, maybe that you want to leave out or something that I've said or something that you said that just really doesn't need to be in there. You know, I don't I that's why I like doing podcasts, because like. It gives us the. Uh, opportunity to kind of know each other and then if something is wrong i could just cut that out and we don't have to worry about it that kind of thing luckily for most interviews i've hardly had to cut out anything most of the time it's been something like oh i shouldn't talk about that because that's not out yet kind of thing so i haven't had to worry about it but (laughs) still it's good to have those um cautions in place just in case Mm -hmm. so so what are some of the things that you put in corthulhu that you're like oh i love that this is something that I put in here that, you know, will kind of get people excited about playing a Cthulhu based game. Um, so we knew that core worked, right. Cause I mean, Todd made it and it was in day trippers. It's, you know, one of those things where, you know, there was no worries about like, Oh, I'm creating something. I don't know if, you know, this is actually going to be, you know, something that works. So, we, so, you know, we already were past that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in it, like, man, like the whole thing, right. Cause I've never, I've never finished anything. I had it out before. <laughs> and like, you know, when we started the play test stuff, you know, the, the professions were, you know, the, the, the flow of the game worked, the, the sanity mechanic worked, the, or the trauma mechanic, excuse mm-hmm. me. Uh, you know, the shock mechanic, like the, the pieces fit together. They worked well. Uh, and I'm just, I'm really happy with the way that it came out. Is it perfect? No. I mean, nothing. Per- I mean, like anything creative at some point, you're just like, well, be free, you know, <laughs> create, you know, created thing. And, and, you know, you, you hope for the best and I, and I hope people, um, you know, take a look at it and they, you know, and then, you know, they enjoy it. Like it's written in a conversational tone. I, like, I think it, I think it, it reads well, like I said, all the, all the pieces fit together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just really excited about like how the whole thing turned out, especially never having done it before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like it turned out, you know, it, as far as like 
being in these play tests that you've done i've been doing some of the plays that play tests that you've done stuff like that and it feels like there's been no like point where it's like oh you know maybe that's not quite what we're thinking of and stuff like like you've made some changes and you've made some notes here and there but like for the most part it's played you know fairly smoothly and you know the 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 uh, trauma and the shock table have uh, worked well when it's actually when we've actually had to roll for those and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah it just lends it with you know matched up with the core um, micro it's just it's a good it's a good matchup and it's it's cool to be able to you know be able to play uh, a Cthulhu game and be able to play that eeriness and stuff like that and be to be able to do it very easily you know where I yeah. think I think there's a lot of good Cthulhu games out there but some of them I think get too big get to be too much and it's like oh my god I don't just just so much I just want to you know be able to role play roll a couple of dice and just get to it you know where I feel like you know, the marriage of the two games together I th- feel like it has a good fit well that's the thing right so like a call of Cthulhu scenario by its nature because you're you know following a clue chain and you're you know trying to figure out what's going on is check heavy necessarily you know you walk in the room oh make me a spot you know make me an insight make you know make all these different checks to you know try to get the information and you know core in and of itself is more of a you know fluxy you know know, the way todd describes you want to have a plot field right so they're you know the 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 bad guy's still doing a thing you know have npcs that are still sort of you know doing their thing but, you know, you have, a, you know, a handful of locations that are in play uh, and you've got a handful of NPCs that are in play and, you know, kind of let the dice not decide necessarily. Because, again, you still have to have a through line, like you have to know what's happening. Yeah. But not have like, OK, you have to go from A to B to C to D and then you guys do it. You solve the thing and then and that's it. The, the other, pro, you know, problem, again, quote unquote, is because we play st- story like all of our i mean even our rogue trader game like we would which is super super crunchy for people who've never played rogue trader it's a d100 system and it's just like just cr- like super crunch it's 400 yeah. pages we would play a whole session and not roll dice like it, <laughs> it's just a way that we have always played yeah so it was hard you know so it makes the core aspect easier because you're you know it's collaborative i mean all gaming is collaborative storytelling but you know you have this blend of the traditional and narrative elements so it plays really well for what we do so you know something like i'm i'm writing an adventure for core specifically for core thulu and it you know when when we first started play testing i'm like shit maybe i should ask you guys to roll something right because we don't ever roll anything so it was like wow, maybe I need to write down, like, we need to add some checks, like, here, 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 just to make sure that people aren't like, well, what are we supposed to be doing? <laughs> Where are we going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like, like, one, it's not a big problem, but one of the problems I have with a lot of Cthulhu games is, like, it treats everybody's character, whether they're a doctor or they're a PI or they're a criminal or whatever, like they're a detective like not everybody's a detective you know there's gonna be some people that are dumbasses that don't really know how to you know see things and stuff like that so some of those things like i understand it's like it's all kind of based on like a, you know kind of like in a us like in a weird 
simple essence kind of like a scooby-doo thing where it's like oh the mystery we gotta solve it and that kind of thing but it's like i feel like some of these games it's like it's a little too much like everybody knows everything and it's like it doesn't have to be well you know i mean so it's it's kind of like a D party in the sense that you know, your doctor is going to cover like your first aid and your medicine and, you know, some of those sorts of skills, you know, maybe have a high credit rating where your, you know, your detective is going to have, you know, the investigative skills and your, uh, you know, dilettante is going to have more of the social stuff. So like, yes, in what you're saying for sure, but like you're, you're, you know, usually probably trying to create a party that, you know, sort of are, who has persuade, you know, who has, yeah. you know, this thing. Yeah, yeah. So we can, you know, try to cover all, you know, who has library use or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, but, but Corthulu does kind of work in the same way. I'm as much as I love the narrative, as much as we just like tell stories and add elements and do all that sort of stuff. I still tend to lean, you know, more towards the traditional side. So, you know, I've, I've been getting with Todd to try to, break out of that a little bit to, yeah. to try to open things up to be a little bit more fluxy as he would say mm-hmm. to kind of have the you know the adventure where you know if players get a good role and you know get a yes end and you know maybe suggest something really cool which is you know what you do you listen to your players in a you know in a D game like how many times have you seen the meme where like oh yeah you know they you know i had planned out this but their idea was better so i just threw mine out right so like that's it functions really well with core. I mean, core can be very improv-y. Yeah. Um, you know, if you just sort of leave it all up to the dice, that scares the shit out of me because I'm not a good, you know, like player-wise improv, great, fine. GM-wise, nah, nah. I don't, I don't like that at all. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Don't sound so enthusiastic. Oh, no, I just... <laughs> I don't have, I thought I had more questions, but I think we've, I think we've exhausted a lot of the questions and stuff like that. Is there something else? I'm going to take this out, of course, but is there something else you want to hit on? So I don't leave you sure. with something that, that we don't touch on. Yeah. yeah. Well, we I'll talk about the stuff, the other stuff that's going on. So we, like I'd mentioned, uh, you know, I'm also working, you know, I'm working on an adventure for it. So we're, you know, supporting the worlds of core, yeah. um, you know, supporting core through some we're working, I'm working on an adventure now. Uh, we're going to have our third session coming up here soon where we can, you know, finalize all the elements, you know, again, quote unquote, finalize, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I can start to compile things and sort of beat it into a rough shape. Uh, I have a magic supplement that I'm also working on. Uh, so that'll be coming out sometime. I was going <laughs> to say soonish, but I don't know at some point. Yeah. Um, I was going to say soon can be anytime. So just say soon. Who cares? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, we have a fillable character sheet posted and this is all of it. The core micro core Thulu, the, the core Thulu fillable character sheets all available on uh, drive through RPG. Um, so, so there's, is, you know, we're putting effort into it. Uh, you know, we're supporting the line. Uh, hopefully we'll have other adventures. If I can come up with some cool ideas that I could beat into shape uh, <laughs> to have more stuff out for that. Everything is pay what you want. I would say if you, so let me back up and say, you need Core Micro to play Core Thulu. Yeah, definitely. Core Micro is going to give you all the basic rule sets. It's going to give you character creation. What Core Thulu does is add character professions, and it's a template that you add on top of your 
you know, your created character. Mm -hmm. uh, typically characters, you know, you'll stat out, you'll stat out characters at a hundred points, uh, depending on how you apply your template, uh, that could take you upwards of about a 150 point character, uh, which just, you know, gives them a little, you know, gives them uh, a little bit more experience and, you know, sort of a place in the world. So I was going to go somewhere else with that. And I don't know where it was. <laughs> <laughs> There's stuff coming out for core. Uh, you know, in addition to, you know, Kurt, you've, you've got your WWA already out. That's um, right. Jesse has uh, Monster Hunt, both uh, the his uh, I want to say core book, but that doesn't his, his main book for for uh, Monster Hunt, along with his Magic Supplement. Uh, there's Day Trippers. Uh, Todd also has released uh, uh, Unnatural, yep, which is based on a TV show. I think you guys can figure it out. <laughs> uh, um, so there, there's things happening. Um, there's we have another person in our group who has like a full. Like he's commissioned art. He's like hundreds of pages. You know, I don't know when Mark's stuff is going to be ready, but like there's a, a really big book coming out for core at some point. <laughs> and, and Kurt and I are actually potentially working on another setting now. Yeah. Um, we're going to be starting a new campaign on the mfg cast maybe this is your bit i don't know my step on your toes now? <laughs> no no that's right you do podcasts and you know how this works um yeah so we're going to be doing a almost kind of a one-on-one -on -one gm to uh player version of core we're going to play a noir setting setting why did i say it like that uh but i think how i want to play it and i think john is cool with it too i think we're going to kind of go into this game almost playing it and then seeing if it kind of writes itself with us kind of working it out there. I thought it was, I thought it would be fun to kind of, I, I had suggested a long time ago before we, uh, before John uh, and the other John and I did started doing our D and D campaign. I was like, well, me and you should do like a one-on-one -on -one thing. And that, that was just me being chicken shit, not being able to, you know, want to have other players in it. Plus it's hard to, you know, get everybody in a group sometimes, but. Now we've decided that, you know, possibly we could do this one-on-one -on -one thing with core, but because core is so simple and you can put anything on top of it, we thought a noir setting would be kind of fun. And, you know, with the core micro rules and John saying he wanted to use his PI profession from Corthulhu, which is actually, I read that tonight and I've seen it before, but I read it tonight and I was like, wow, that actually worked is going to work well for this campaign that we're going to do where John's character is going to be this, this uh, hardened PI kind of thing. And I'm just going to throw a bunch of random one shot stories. It's like when you think of one shot, it's usually like overnight, but it's going to be like kind of one shot ish kind of stories where we kind of play into episodic, an episodic story, which I thought would be pretty fun. So look for yeah, that I'm soon. Definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. And, and I mean, you could, you could take the core micro rules, which is what we're going to do and, and run that setting. I mean, it's, it's akin to savage worlds in that you have your basic rule set and you could literally run anything. Yeah. Um, if you need specific things like, you know, in Corthulhu shock and trauma and, and stuff specific to a setting that you want to work in, then, you know, it's a little bit more work, but if you, you know, if you just wanted to run a Western in core, you can take the core micro rules and just do it. I mean, it's, it's that 
easily uh, skinnable. Yeah. Um, and, and Todd's, uh, you know, goal is to have people, you know, create hacks for it, create skins for it, um, you know, compile all that stuff into an omnibus, you know, have people create new, uh, you know, new mechanics like the, the stress and the trauma and, and collect all that stuff and, and put out a book, you know, do, you know, everybody credit, you know, revenue sharing the whole nine yards. So if you're interested in something like that as a, you know, as a GM, as a player, if you, you know, are really interested in a particular kind of setting, like say a Western, uh, and, you know, you want to come up with a really cool mechanic for, you know, shootouts and, and all that kind of stuff, then tear it up. I mean, it doesn't have to be a huge book. Corthulhu's laid out, I think, 25, 26 pages. I mean, it doesn't have to be huge um, yeah. to, to, to get at the crux of, of what you need because you're given all the flavor. And I'm, and I'm hoping that, you know, with, with the newer game, we're able to really drill down into that, that setting to really give that feel, the, the flavor for that newer that we can actually, you know, create a whole nother skin for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it'll be, it, it feels like it, it's, it'll be a fun kind of experiment where, you know, sometimes when you're thinking about like making a game like that, it's like, okay, well, at first I have to have everything kind of thought out and written out. Well, this week, I feel like, especially with the simplicity of core micro or whatever, you can literally just keep playing a game and keep playing and playing it. And eventually these ideas are going to come to you and you're going to be able to put those down pen to paper. Yep. Absolutely. Then we have a discord if uh, Kurt wants to throw a link in the show notes, um, you can come and check us out there. Todd, Todd holds court over there. There's a lot of really good information. Uh, it's not super populated right now. Maybe I shouldn't say that, uh, but there's some really good information. There's there you know, sections for, for all of the current games that are out. Jesse's actually working on another game called runners. It's a post-apocalyptic. It's not really sci-fi, but like, it's almost like Robotech kind of almost, it seems like, almost but, kinda. It, it, but different. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a runner and a, you know, you have this like mechanical exoskeleton and, you know, you're trying to get supplies for your, you know, home base kind of stuff. It, it's more than that, but, but he's working on a really yeah. cool thing there. So there's information about that. I should also mention that Jesse did all of my art. He did all the layout without him. I couldn't have actually gotten anything done. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, Kurt gave feedback and Todd and, you know, just so many people that, uh, you know, I'm grateful that, uh, you know, took the time to take a look at it, to give positive feedback, negative feedback, um, and, and really kind of get me uh, squared away and, and, you know, get this thing hammered into a workable shape and then, you know, have it, have it free yeah. <laughs> and published. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. So you've already talked about it, drive through RPG, you can get the core micro system, you can get the hack for it, you can get the old core Thulu. Um, also, uh, John, you are a, you are the host of the Legends of Tabletop. You have lots of things going on there. Now, just because I, we've played <laughs> we've played so many tests of uh, core Thulu, do you have anything seeable, listenable out right now? I just I, for some reason I don't know why I don't know that. <laughs> Yes, so I so I started a playlist on our YouTube channel. Nice. Uh, there is a Cthulhu play, playlist right now. There is the first game that I ran. Uh, it's a Call of Cthulhu scenario called the Lightless Beacon, uh, which I think is available for free on the Chaosium site. And we also have the Bellyache Heard Round the World. That is a scenario that Kevin wrote. 
for Call of Cthulhu. So it was actually like a double play test. Yeah. <laughs> uh, both of those are completed games. We also have uh, the 50,000 watt blowtorch, also another game written by Kevin, uh, also for Call of Cthulhu. Uh, we'll be finishing up that scenario hopefully tomorrow, being a vague and you know, useless term that doesn't help anybody listening to this at some point in the future. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It should already be out They'll, on the YouTube page. As I say, they should be seeing it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, you know, re, you know, fitting these into the podcast release schedule. Uh, right now, the Lightless Beacon is available on our, you know, SoundCloud, Spotify, you know, where we listen to podcast stuff at. Bellyache Heard Around the World is actually going to be coming up next in uh, the, the release schedule. Cool. Uh, and I didn't want to do the 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 other one until we actually completed <laughs> completely finished that scenario. So that one will be <laughs> coming out in the future. And then the play test that I'm running is not available because it's it is a game, but it's you know we're in and out of meta and you know kind of <laughs> like just like well does this make sense? Well maybe we should change this. Oh, let me write these notes down. Yeah, yeah. So but I will be rerunning that once it's, you know, in, in shape to run. And then that will be available as well. Nice. Awesome. Cool. Well, lots of good content out there. Make sure you make sure if you're listening to this, make sure you check it out. Make sure you help support Todd. Make sure you help support John. And thanks again, John, for coming on, being a pal. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure being on the MFG cast. Oh yeah. You betcha. The MFG cast, (laughs) the proud partner of the Legend of the Tabletop Network. And until next time, I'm Kurt. Thanks for listening. I'm John. Oh, you didn't even give me that. <laughs> no, this isn't your podcast, fool. <laughs> See you later, sucker. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.